Hello, this is Raksha Radio with Dr. Hiro Patel and Mangala Kanesa. Raksha is a nonprofit organization based in Atlanta, Georgia. Raksha provides services to South Asian community, um, mental health services, and advocacy services to anyone who's experiencing sexual or domestic violence. Our mission statement is to build a stronger and healthier South Asian community. That's right. And as Dr. Patel said, we serve survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. We are specifically suited to help South Asian survivors because all of our therapists, interns, staff, everybody here is trained highly in cultural competency and in trauma-informed care. Yes, and we address specific barriers um, related to immigration issues and language uh, language barriers and economic and social barriers that mainstream agencies may not be able to address. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to be talking about self-care. What is self-care? Self-care is when you're under, when your body's under a lot of stress and it gets activated, so you want your body to calm down so your mind can and body both can perform at its best. So stress has a physical component. Yes, stress definitely has a physical component. The definition of stress is state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So when your body's under stress, um, I want to say sympathetic system. Your sympathetic nervous system? Yes, sympathetic nervous system gets activated. And when it gets activated, it's in a flight or fight response. Um, and when your fight or flight response is there, so that means that all your, everything in your brain and your body goes to survival mode. And that means it's a heightened energy and adrenaline and all these wonderful chemicals are flowing through your brain. So that's why it serves a great purpose to or stress stress can serve a great purpose but however if um it's if you're exposed to stress constantly if you're exposed to stressful situations constantly it could be very damaging to your nervous system because your nervous system doesn't learn to calm down and because it doesn't learn to calm down it depletes all its resources and to function at its optimal level so self-care needs to happen to calm down, to relax, to take your mind off of things that put you on flight or fight response. Okay. Fight, flight, or freeze response. Okay. Yeah, it's so like what I remember about the nervous system is that you've got your sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight, and then your parasympathetic nervous system, that's yes. the rest and digest yes. one. Yeah. So you're saying that when your sympathetic nervous system is overactivated, yes. that's not good for you because it's important for your parasympathetic nervous system to also engage. Yes. Is I mean, it? yeah, sympathetic system, it, it serves a great purpose. So it mm -hmm. is good for you. A little bit of stress uh, is good for you because okay. you do need that. Uh, your body does need to uh, be on a high and alert on certain situations. But if you're chronically exposed to stress, stressful situations like situations in domestic violence, situations in uh, 
experiencing sexual assault. So your body doesn't learn to activate its parasympathetic system. So you have to consciously do that. You have to consciously tell your body, tell your mind to calm down. Not only tell, learn. I think that's the better word. Learn to learn to actually activate your parasympathetic system, so your body and your mind can function at its optimal level. Okay. You mentioned domestic violence and sexual assault as specific scenarios in which your sympathetic nervous system, the flight or fight one, can flight, fight, or freeze. Right. Mm -hmm. In which that nervous system will enact or become active. Are there other situations as well, things that are a little more low-key? Can, can being in a job where your boss is yelling at you all the time do that? Can being a full-time student do that? Yes. Can exams? Yes. Exams can do that. Being a full-time student can do that. If you're living in a situation, if you're living in a housing um, where there, you're hearing you're exposed to constant conflicts or fights, it could be as something as little as having noisy neighbors that won't let you sleep to mm -hmm. it could be extreme as being physically tortured wow okay so stress is something that occur that can occur on to a pretty much anybody no matter where you live no matter what your zip code is yes what kind so, of life you're living yes you uh, everyone is exposed to stress everyone is okay okay i'm starting to see where you're coming from but there is a lot of stress that people experience. It can cause some physical issues. What are some of the physical issues? Chronic stress, uh, that's what we call it when you're exposed to stress for a prolonged period of, periods of time. Chronic stress can cause issues ranging from depression, anxiety, to PTSD, to suicidal thoughts, ideations, or and also uh, some physical concerns, illnesses as well. I'm not... Uh, neuropsychologist or anything like that so I don't want to comment too much on physiological impact but there are studies that said that it uh, worsens some of the physical illnesses if you have them already or and it's the root of it oh wow so stress can actually cause physical illness in the body it can chronic yes. stress can yeah so clearly it's something we need to address in our daily lives mm -hmm. how do we address it what is self-care well, you address it through self-care, and self-care could be anything that makes you feel good. It makes you feel it makes you feel safe. Say you're an adrenaline junkie, and that's like the thing that makes you feel good. <laughs> Can that be self-care as well? I would say yes if you're doing it for a um, long period of time. Say if you're feeling stressed and frightened, and you decide to do something that activates your heart rate and activates your um, sympathetic system like you're jumping off a plane or something mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that as um, as a self-care I would not say that's self-care self-care would be something that actually that actually activates your um, parasympathetic system to calm you down so if you're exercising exercising some would say that exercising it has helped and it does help exercising for a long period of time does all kinds of magic magical wonderful things to your body so you need to do it on a consistent basis for it to work i don't know exactly how it works out in a physiological sense but i know that if you're doing it for once or twice i would not say that's like that's self-care can something that gets your heart rate up like a dance class or like 
an aerial silks class, for example, could that yeah, count as self-care? If it's something that you really love and yes. just makes you feel amazing, that can be. If you're doing something mm-hmm. like that uh, for a long period of time, yes. So that that's great because you're feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling you're you're not feeling like you're under stress. You're feeling good. Like it it's help helps you helps get those wonderful uh, serotonin, dopamine, and uh, neuroepinephrine. All of those norepinephrine. I can't pronounce that. Norepinephrine. Yes. <laughs> it releases <laughs> those chemicals in your brain, so you feel okay. good. So that's okay, because it it is not you're not perceiving your situation as threatening. You're perceiving mm-hmm. your situation as um, helping, um, safe, uh, fun. Right. Not not necessarily um, something where you have to where your body's perceiving it as a threat. Right, it's controlled. It's very it's controlled. controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can do some active things for self care. What else can you do? You for can self-care? do active things for self care. You can do some calming things like meditation. You can do um, yoga. You can cook your favorite meal if you like. Um, you can eat your favorite meal. Just make sure it's not ice cream on an everyday basis. Oh yeah. So at what point does food as self care devolve into like its own kind of it's not one size fits all it depends on it depends on um on a person on who's doing it so uh if you're young and you're eating ice cream i'm assuming you know you have no health issues it probably wouldn't be a bad idea but if you have health concerns you might want to watch out for sugar intake i mean i you i don't want to get into like the processed foods and all of that how that affects your brain and your body but you food once in a while i would say can be a good self-care but i I would want to choose a different route self-care i think the one of the biggest one that pretty much all therapists would recommend is um social interaction so hanging out with friends because uh, we are social creatures and we need to be connected socially that's just what we are how we are as human beings so connecting with somebody that doesn't stress you out okay <laughs> that's important <laughs> that is very important so don't go hang out with your friend who's constantly putting you under stressful situations but yes hanging out with people you care about people who make you feel good um that can be very very healing and soothing so i noticed that in the therapist offices at raksha there's usually some soft light Sometimes candles, sometimes there are different objects that people can pick up and touch and feel. Usually there are plants and things. It seems like a very calm atmosphere. Can being in a calm atmosphere like that, can that count as self-care? Of course. Basically, it's, it's about you feeling safe and connected to your surroundings. So when you're connected to your surroundings and you're feeling safe, that can definitely count as self-care. I would, how I would take care, I would use self-care is like if you're exposing, if you're exposed voluntarily or involuntarily to stressful situations, I would recognize that first and then um, tackle self-care. So if you're uh, exposed to if you're exposed to stress, say you have a really mean boss um, who has, um, who just yells at you all the time, has unrealistic expectations from you, and you can never seem to please him or her. 
So if you're working in that kind of condition, you're spending eight hours a day and you you go and do, you're like, okay, so maybe I need to get manicure and pedicure done. That's like one time a week. That's not sufficient self-care for amount of stress you're exposed to. So you want to measure your self-care according to your stress. So if you're exposed to stress on a daily basis for eight hours a day, you need to come up with different various things to take care of yourself. So it could be making your office like how therapist offices um, and a soft light where you feel safe or a cubicle office or your cubicle, whatever you have, um, making it making it your place where you feel calm and you feel safe and you feel relaxed um or that you having things of i mean having pictures of your loved ones or some some things that you may like around so that can help you actually feel good and make you feel connected to the space you're in so that would be good as well also like bringing your dog to work bringing your dog to work is excellent idea (laughs) Excellent idea. And having an intention. Having an intention is also important. So if you're doing it with intentions of like, I'm going to pet my dog to help me relax. So intention sets the stage for your body to calm down. Mm-hmm. Intentions that sets the stage um, for your body to start the process of healing, the process of calming down. And it activates the parasympathetic system. How important is frequent self-care when you were telling me that you know if you've got a a boss who yells at you or if you're experiencing severe stress eight hours a day that a manicure and pedicure once a week is not sufficient first thing I thought of when you said that was wow that's a lot of (laughs) mani-pedis yes you know like how do you know is enough enough is enough well your body will tell you that's why it's very important to pay attention to your body you pay attention to um your mind like if you're having difficulty concentrating focusing you can't stay um focus on task at hand if you're not sleeping right if you're not eating right and you're just noticing significant changes in your daily life then that's a great indicator the stress is affecting you and i'm assuming these indicators are negative indicators um so that's it means that you still need to take more care of your body so it could it could start from getting quality sleep eight eight hours a day, drinking enough water, eating nutritious meals. uh, It can start from there to doing extra things like taking taking breaks, going for walks, taking five-minute breathers where you take five deep breaths, using diaphragmic breathing breaths. What's diaphragmic breathing? I mean, taking taking five deep breaths. um, Mm -hmm. So diaphragmic breathing is when you're doing it from your belly. So when you inhale and your belly, you feel your belly expand. Mm-hmm. And when you exhale, you feel your belly go in. So a lot of people tend to oh, breathe okay. breathe um, only through their chest. So that when uh-huh. they inhale, their chest will like pump up. And you don't uh-huh. want that. You want the air to go all the way down to your belly. And you want to feel the belly expand. Okay, so, so that's kind of like when, when you're singing or when you're playing an instrument, that's how you're supposed to breathe if you're playing a wind instrument, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So just uh, taking a break to just do diaphragmic breathing can be sufficient as well. But you should start noticing um, changes in your state of mind, changes in your f- physiological changes. That's how you know that your self-care is working. I know that the last time I was in your office, Dr. Patel, I saw 
a flat wooden board on top of which were four small wooden tent or house-like structures and each one had a different colored roof and had a little flag on it that said something like happiness, laugh, inspiration, something like that. And inside were these little scrolls, tiny scrolls. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so my client made that um, for uh, for Raksha staff and Raksha, um, Raksha clients. So anyway, she thought that it would be helpful to take to give a message, inspirational messages or funny messages to brighten up somebody's day. And that can also help as well. So she, so what you, well, you, I think she had like four huts uh, set out and on the one was like for a smile, one was for advice, one was for inspiration, one was for hope. And I, whatever you need that day, you grab a scroll from that hut and you open it up and it has a message. So those me that message is meant to help you and brighten up your day for even a little bit. So that that's a good self care as well. Like opening up fortune cookies, that might be self care if that's your thing. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel good. A lot of people in the South Asian community consider a lot of these activities that we've discussed as self care. A lot of folks in the South Asian community consider those activities to be a waste of time because they're not furthering your goals. They're not furthering your education. They're not helping you do a better job or they're not helping you achieve anything. How would you respond to that idea that self-care is a waste of time and really you should be focusing on the things that will make you money, will grant you success, and will improve your options? Uh, yeah, a lot of people do consider that as self-care. Um, because securing your future with finances and having a partner, long-term partner, is considered to be self-care, and I wouldn't deny that. But that's not enough. And I do see. I I know there is a lot of lot of myths about like people, South Asian people, feeling like it's too selfish to take time out to go do manicure and pedicure when <laughs> there are like a bunch of people dying in India of hunger and things like that. So I know a lot of people have different beliefs about self-care but it could be anything you want it to be it doesn't have to be according to western culture it could be so you cooking a meal for your family you cooking a meal for your family could be self-care because it makes you feel good that you're feeding your family so that is self-care actually so it may not look like my self-care but you are engaging in self-care when you engage in daily self-care you are improving your overall you like what outcomes are improved by taking time out of your day to do self-care? I'm glad you asked me that question. Uh, so when you do engage in proper self-care uh, on a daily basis, you will notice that your relationships have improved. You'll notice that you're not as irritable or you're not as angry or you're not as sad or anxious, whatever that may be your issue, issue was before. You'll notice that the decrease in all of these issues or concerns or symptoms if you will you'll also notice that energy wise you're feeling much better you're feeling like you have you're more energized you're also noticing that you're doing your work the quality of your work is improving as well as you're probably doing it more efficiently you'll notice your parenting skills have gone up your patience probably have, have, goes up as well 
and when you do self-care you learn to take when you when you do self-care and learn to take better care of yourself you start to say becoming an assertive person so maybe on things that you used to say no you stop you you can now say no assertively say no or if you tend to if you tend to be an aggressive person you'll notice that you're becoming more flexible and not at easily angered by situations that used to make you angry um also spiritually physically mentally you just feel good about yourself all over let's get back to that example of the boss who just yells at you and is terrible for eight hours a day when you start practicing self-care how does that help with handling a situation where your boss is yelling at you for eight hours a day some people may see themselves becoming more assertive and standing up to their boss because they're they've learned to take care of themselves and respect themselves and have value and have learned value to that they have value for themselves or you also see a difference in how your boss is not affecting you as much as they used to or your quality has work has improved so you'll see a decrease in the boss getting angry at not to say that um not to say that your work not to say that it's justified when the boss is yelling or screaming or being abusive i'm not justifying that at all but you'll see that differences in how you interact with your boss difference in i think that would be the main thing like your interaction with your boss will change you'll notice that in a positive way um, according to how you would like to handle it so it may be more passively it may be more assertively but it will you may be more become more assertive and stand up or you may notice that you're not getting as affected by what your boss has to say and also when you're doing really quality work your self-esteem kind of goes up when you're when you're producing work that everybody's happy with including yourself you're gonna your self-esteem is gonna increase and you're gonna feel even more more confident and so with the confidence can affect all areas of your life um Interper all interpersonal relationships as well as uh, you trying out new things to I don't know anything well here you're starting to convince me I'm starting to think that maybe self-care is important what do you do for self-care <laughs> what do I do sharing yeah what do I do um mm -hmm. for self-care I listen to um I listen to meditative sounds. I'm sure you've noticed that when you come into my office. I I like okay. to I like to watch movies, funny movies. I like laughing a lot. So I watch a lot of sitcoms, TV sitcoms. Uh -huh. I go to comedy shows. I don't exercise as much as I'd like to. Uh, which would be good for me, but I do socialize a lot and okay. with my coworkers, with my friends, and just take time out for that. Mm -hmm. And try to eat healthy. You can listen to your favorite music. You can um, watch your favorite movie. You can write poems. You can write in your journal. You can go out with your friends. Go to movies. You can paint. You can take an art class or. Uh, you can learn cooking or what if you are really bad at writing suck at art don't like people and can't cook there's got to be something 
something that makes you feel good. There's there's got to be something there that makes you feel good. Be. It doesn't have to be. It, it it has to be tailored to you because a lot of people are like, well, you know what, coloring is very soothing. For a lot of people, coloring is very soothing. And I have a friend who gets really really frustrated when she slightly slight slightly goes over the line. Mm-hmm. outside the line she gets very frustrated and it bothers her because she's got a little bit of ocd tendencies so maybe not pick coloring then because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be for everybody <laughs> like if it stresses you out don't no. pick it for your self-care option no making art projects for some people mm-hmm. are stressful because they can't tap into their artistic ability so i would pick things that actually calm you down and that you feel like you would get something out of not something that everybody else recommends i wouldn't go for that okay so say you're really busy you work like three jobs just to pay the bills when you get home you have to take care of the kids and you don't really get time for yourself what what can you do for self-care in that situation is something as simple as taking 10 minutes to like give yourself a pedicure, paint your nails at the end of the day, something that could count as, that could work as self-care? That could work, yeah. So it could be like uh, while you're driving, listening to your favorite CD, uh, maybe not talking on the phone. Or it could count, uh, like stepping out in, into the sun for like maybe five minutes and just setting an intention that I'm going to take care of myself by doing these small things. Or um, calling, calling your friend who you miss talking to while you hopefully not while you're driving or anything um things like that can help so anything it could be writing down three things you're grateful for for that day that could have actually i know my supervisor was just telling me that there's significant research that indicates that if you um the daily gratitude actually increases the size (laughs) <laughs> increases this uh, size of the part that's responsible for your happiness in the brain. I can't think of the name, but she says that it has a significant impact in some people feeling happy about themselves and about their lives. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so just feeling gratitude about things you actually have instead of focusing on things you don't have can has been has been researched to affect your happiness. Well, thank you, Dr. Patel. This has been a really interesting conversation. Of course. Is there anything? Thank you for interviewing me, Mangala. Oh, of course, of course. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Dr. Patel. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh yes. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't mention this. Always consult a doctor. All right, and with that, (laughs) we are going to end our very first Raksha podcast on self-care if you have any questions send in a comment message us or call us at 404-876-0670 or raksha at raksha.org